being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4 with us today as well. And as I said earlier, any of our sponsors, Jeff included, rather than me give you phone numbers and addresses and all of that, it's easy. He's just off of Santa Fe and Hamden anyways. But rather than go through all of that, just go to the website, drive-radio.com, drive-radio.com. And everybody is listed there. It's easy. And put our new website up, and it's up and running and rolling. looks great. So anything you need, just go there, check it out. We're going to keep adding to that. Uh, as uh, as we go along, just like we always have. Anyways, if you want to find Jeff or anybody that's out there, find a location near you and or all of our other sponsors. By the way, we have a lot of even you know non automotive sponsors as well. Lone Tree Vet, Kevin Flesh, Affordable Interest Mortgage. I can go down the list. We've got a lot of other sponsors of Drive Radio that are not automotive related. And as I always say, no matter what, even if it's a car problem or you need a new furnace, whatever it happens to be. Make sure you let these guys know where you hear them and, and you know how you heard them, and it just gives you a one-up when you call them on the phone. You're a part of the family at that point. So, you know, legal legal issue. you got a problem, call Kevin Flesh. Hey, I heard you on Drive Radio. Kevin's going to say, great. You know, it's just this automatic part of the family sort of a thing, and away you go. It's just how it works. Right. Yep. It's easy. So, anyways, uh, I was telling you guys last hour, and I'll do this now instead. I don't have a full review of this. I will most likely next weekend, but I drove just so far for one day a new Cadillac Escalade, the shorter version, not the extended, you know, suburban type, but the regular, you know, Yukon type, which I will say at one time an Escalade was really just a fancy Yukon. While it's still on the Yukon platform, there are very few similarities other than the interior and overall exterior dimensions outside of that they really are not the same vehicles you know from the creature comforts you know comforts to the way the interior is done to the you know drivability side of it even the powertrain to a large extent is different uh to the electronics and the you know the creature comforts and what you get that way including this one has super cruise some of you're going to say well what's super cruise it drives itself. Sounds like an event, though. I Super know. Cruise sounds like it should be an event. There actually, there's some lawsuits going on with Super Cruise, by the way, but that's a whole other story <laughs> for another day. But it will literally, and I tried it yesterday numerous times, it drives itself, and I'm not exaggerating. So if you are going down the road, at, you know, you're going down I-70 and you're doing 65 miles an hour, or yesterday I was doing 68, and you turn it on, it stays at 68. It keeps the distance between you and the cars around you. So if the car in front of you starts to go 64, then it drops down and goes, you know, what keeps that distance, got adaptive cruise in that manner. Mm -hmm. But it also drives between the lanes. You literally can take your hands completely off the wheel, kick back, relax, and it's driving for you. 
if I want to change lanes, you turn the turn signal on and it will literally change lanes for you as well. That's pretty awesome. It knows if there's a vehicle there or not there. It, it, it knows that it's you know, got the right amount of you know, clearance and so on, and it will actually change lanes. Where it, what it will not do yet, and I say yet because you know they're working on all this programming, when you get on an exit ramp, it automatically shuts off because at that point it's like, wait a minute, I don't really know what's going on, where I'm at, and so on, and I'm going to shut everything down, and it does. But outside of that, yes, it drives itself. And I was, it's the weirdest feeling ever, by the way, folks, to be driving with your hands off the wheel and it steers for you. It's just weird. I have no other explanation for it. No, but does it work? Yes. That's pretty cool. It really is. Yeah. I know that on, uh, on my new Defender, I have the 2020 Defender. So I've been evaluating that for about nine months now. And overall, very happy with the vehicle. It has the, you know, the uh, dynamic cruise control. Which lane is departure, all that probably. It has the lane departure stuff. It's a little kind of not quite, I would call it almost glitchy or jerky okay. in its reaction. It, it's not quite as smooth as I'd like, and occasionally it's picked up some of the the, the, the lengthwise cracks in the road. So it's not, not a, an expansion joint that goes perpendicular to the road, but, you know, when they shift a road and you have that long crack, and sometimes it'll get confused by that. So, gotcha. Um, Makes sense. Not perfect, but then again, neither are our roads. No, and they're but they're making advancements along these lines yeah. all the time. So I'll have more on that after I drive it this full week and give you a full review next week. But so far, so good. It's actually pretty cool. Actually, it's a pretty cool vehicle. So Mark in Denver, what's up? How are you, sir? Good. How are you, Mark? I've got a question. I'm fine, thank you. I've got that. I have the two towels, the 2003-2018. Well, I just hit 20,000 miles in my 2018. Sensor goes out in the bumper you know, for park assist, mm-hmm. $650. Whew. Whoa. And so here, here's what I did. Yeah, and that's what I said. And they want another 125 to paint the sensor, but I painted it myself. I found a place in New Orleans that makes factory paint, painted myself, it turned out perfect. Here's my question, though. I said to GM, I, this is ridiculous. He said, well, your car's out of warranty. I said, it's got 20,000 miles. You're monitoring my car by satellite because you can tell all the oil changes and the service I've done. I said, uh, what about some goodwill money? So here's my, my question to you, John. They've issued me a case number. It's been going on for three weeks. I guess they're in contact with the dealer. Um, t- t- talk me through how this whole thing progresses with GM after they issue a case number for maybe potential goodwill money. Do you have any experience with that? Yeah, what they'll do is they'll look at your case. They'll look at the, you you know, here's how, for everybody listening, this is how they look at it. They also look to see how loyal of a customer are you. So they'll, you know, they know you've got an 03 and they know now you have a 2018. So they're looking to see, you know, how, how loyal to you, you know, to them and that brand are you. And if you're a loyal customer, which you are, they will take all that into consideration and they'll typically come back with some sort of a, you know, quote unquote settlement where most likely they'll pick up half typically is what they'll do. Okay, and I'm and I'm fine with that. I, I wouldn't be so irritated, but you know, twenty thousand miles, things in the garage, it's immaculate, mm-hmm. uh, and it this stuff shouldn't be going out like this. And you know, I'm confused as to why the sensor was six hundred bucks because I'm finding them all over the internet for you know hundred bucks or so. They told me they had to take the bumper off. So to replace it and the sensor bumper. was six hundred bucks. That still sounds high. 
No well, it's ridiculous. But I don't know what I don't know what I, I haven't removed the bumper on one of those for a while, so that one I can't attest to. Hundred fifty dollars to paint it, and I mean the size of a quarter, so I painted it myself. I masked off the bumper and got that factory finish from a place called Micro Finish out of New Orleans. Comes with the uh, the base coat and clear coat. It came out perfect. I said, and that cost me twenty four dollars. So, and I'm, so that's another one I'm confused on. Did you have to paint the escutcheon around the sensor, or what did you have to paint? No, the sensor they installed it was black. Otherwise, I had to wait another three days for the body shop to paint it body color. So what yours? I don't, and I don't know what color yours is, Mark. So yeah, you painted it. You painted the actual sensor itself, the color of the car. Right. It's it's ah, it's uh, okay. Crystal red tin coat, which was a five hundred dollar option for paint back in eighteen. Right. No problem. But yeah, that was the sensor, not even uh, painted. I see. If you want to paint, it's another hundred fifty bucks. I see. Okay. And it's yeah. like a point. I said this is this is the end of the line. This is ridiculous. So anyway. You answered my question regarding the goodwill portion of General Motors and what they potentially will do for me. Um, it's been a long process in two caseworkers, but I'm not about to give it up. I do have a General Motors case number, which is, a, I guess, a, an accomplishment. Yes, and, and stay on that and make sure that you keep, you know, and again, with COVID and all the other things we've had going on, has it slowed all of that down? Yes, I mean, because everybody's fighting the same thing when it comes to, you know, who's in the office and who's not and who's working remotely, and it's a bunch of nonsense, but it just is what it is, Mark. You, there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to fight through it. Oh, I'm, and I'm fine with that. I just wanted to know your experience with that. I've never yep. been, I've never gone through this. I said, I'm not giving up. I'm, after four years, it's got 20,000 miles out. This thing had 100,000 miles. I could say, all right, a little bit different scenario here. Well, and if, with you being an 18, 19, I mean, you're, you have to just be outside of your three-year time warranty, right? That is correct. How far out are you, Mark? Uh, I'd probably say four months, five months. I would make him pay the whole thing. I wouldn't even settle with half, make him pay the whole thing. And tell them that's what you want. Well, you've got to get them to communicate with me first. Agree, mm -hmm. agree. But but my point is, stick because I you know sitting here I'm thinking, wait a minute, time out. 2018, you're not that far out of warranty on the full bumper to bumper, you know, three and thirty six warranty. So the reality is, they should have just, in fact, the dealer should have just covered it and turned it in. Which, by the way, they could have. I know enough about the internal workings on the dealer side of it. They could have fixed that, turned it into their own rep, and said, hey, we just did this for goodwill for the guy, and they would have covered it. So. No offense, that's not that's a dealer not doing very very good on your part. Well, you know the dealer, and I'm, but I'm not saying a word. You you know them, so I. Uh, they should have just done it. Subject is, is. I know they should have just yeah, fixed it because they could have. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. So I say to you is this: Thank you for the knowledge and the information. You're welcome. And again, I I, and Mark, I would not settle for anything less than full payment on that one. Make them pay the whole thing. They they have the ability to do that. You're not that far out, and they should just take care of it. I got to go watch Le Mans now too. After that guy, there Tom, you go. Corvette versus Porsche. <laughs> there you go, no, Mark. Corvette versus Corvette versus Porsche. You Can't go wrong the there. Guys. There so you here go. We, here we go. All right, Mark. See you later. Good Thank talking you. to you. I appreciate it. And yeah, folks listening, this is just a a, a lesson to be learned by everybody. By the way, because a lot of you that are driving cars that may be out of warranty, but maybe aren't that far out of warranty. And I will also tell you that there are some known problems on certain manufacturers with certain vehicles where that warranty, believe it or not, will be extended, but it's not publicized that it's extended. So in other words, you have to ask, as Mark is doing in this case, for some adjustments on that, on that particular warranty. Now, the way that typically works is one of two ways. 
you can either do what Mark did, get it fixed, pay the bill, and then go through the process of trying to get reimbursed, or while the vehicle is in for service at the dealer, you can start asking for warranty at that time and actually get them involved while the vehicle is in the shop. Now, the downside to that is it's going to be in the shop longer to get all of this done because the process just takes some time to make happen. You, you know, you've got to run this thing up the up the ladder, if you would, so that takes longer to do. If you've got the ability, though, to do that, you've got another vehicle to drive, something along those lines, you can, in a lot of cases, get things elevated. And what I'm talking about is, you know, major engine problems, major transmission problems, differential problems, you know, things that are typically not supposed to go bad. You can a lot of times get adjustments from the factory on, depending upon the circumstance and what other types of problems that vehicle has has had known problems on. So you can always, by the way, that's the beautiful thing about the Internet of today, is you can usually go look those things up and find out if they're offering any type of, you know, quote-unquote extended warranties. Not through an actual company, but the dealer is doing what they call good, or the factory is doing what they call goodwill adjustments. Now, they may not cover the entire amount. So let's say you get a vehicle that's a 2015 Chevy Tahoe and the transmission goes out. I'm using one that I know as an example where you can actually do this. If that thing is under 100,000 miles and the, and the transmission goes completely out, can you get General Motors to make you an adjustment on that exact vehicle I just mentioned? Yes, you can. It's one of those that I know is going on right now as we speak. So if you've got a you know, mid-20, mid you know, 15, 16 uh, Chevrolet, half-ton truck, Tahoe, Suburban, whatever, and the transmission has problems, the dealer may not tell you this, but you can typically get a factory adjustment on that transmission repair or replacement. Typically, it's going to be a replacement, but you have to ask. It's typically not going to just be offered to you unless you've got some sort of an in. So, again, these are things that I encourage you guys, if you have any questions along these lines whatsoever, please let me know. And depending upon the product and who I have contact with, you know, I can find out typically what's going on in a particular area. And what I mean by that is I was at a press event this last Thursday where, I, you know, you meet with all of the different, you know, marketing and even sometimes engineers from the manufacturers to where if there's a problem and I've got a listener with a particular problem, I can typically send, you know, an email or a text message or something to someone and say, hey, here's a situation I've got going on. I think somebody in your guys' end of things should step up and take care of this. I can typically get some movement from those individuals if I have some of that data. I've also got folks like Jeff, who's sitting next to me that's on the Land Rover end of things, where he typically has people he knows on this end of things to where if you're driving one of those vehicles, you can typically find the right resources, if you would, to get some of these things adjusted if need be. That's what I'm saying. Don't always just pay the bill. Ask first, right? Am I saying that right, Jeff? Yeah, you got to ask. You, you never know, know otherwise. You never know. And, I mean, granted, you know, every company, every corporation has their allowable limits, if you will, right? Yes. And sometimes now. they're real sticklers. Sometimes they're a little bit more open to things. Once again, to John's point, you know, your purchase history with yes. the company goes How loyal are way. you? How loyal are you? How yep. many of them do you own? Yep. And I'll add some other things to that, too. And this is something we talk about on Drive Radio a lot, folks. A lot of it even comes down to the overall maintenance and care of the vehicle. If you roll that vehicle in and it looks like it could come off the showroom floor and you've got some sort of a problem, 
your your potential to get something done in that case versus one that looks like it's just been totally beat to death, mm-hmm. you're much better off with the one that looks like it's a showroom condition car. Yep. All the more reason why you should keep your vehicle in top working order because these things can come back and assist you down the road. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Nobody thinks about those things sometimes. No. Don't beat the car up, folks, because when you do, it just costs you more money when it's all said and done. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. I got more on that as well. I'm sure D- Jeff does also. Lines lines are open, 303-477-5600, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Your vehicle's air conditioner should not put out a musty, mildew-like smell. Cabin filter contaminants can cause allergies and compromise airflow volume. Now is the time to take advantage of Geno's Auto Services Cabin Filter Special. For $189, Geno's will replace your cabin filter, clean the evaporator box, and restore efficiency and clean air in your vehicle. Geno's BG Evaporator Cleaning injects foam into your vehicle's evaporator box, which removes mold, pollen, mildew, dust, and bacteria. Since 1983, the team at Geno's has been serving customers all along the front range. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. They're AAA approved, winner of the Napa Gold Certified Auto Award, and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Check out their excellent Google reviews. Stop in or visit them online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Some skills you only develop through practice. In October of this year, Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law celebrates 25 years defending both civil and criminal cases. He has earned the tagline, trial tested, trial ready. In civil cases, such as personal injury, your attorney has the burden of proof to persuade a jury that you deserve a certain sum of money in return for your pain and suffering. However, because only a small percentage of personal injury cases go to trial, most personal injury attorneys do not spend much time in the courtroom over the course of their careers. Kevin Flesh stands apart from the rest because he represents both criminal and civil cases. After an estimated couple hundred jury trials, Kevin has learned how a jury reacts to evidence. He knows how to gauge how much money a jury will likely award in your case. Trial tested, trial ready for 25 years. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Call now for a free consultation. 303-806-8886. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Lines open, 303-477-5600. John and Cheyenne, what's up, sir? Hey, John, how are you today? I am good. How are you, sir? 
All right. If I lose you, I'm heading. I'm in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming on okay. I-80. So. No worries. Usually we got good service, but my 11 Ram just started about three weeks ago. Put the key in the ignition. All the lights come on. Go to start it. Won't start. Turn the key back. Try it again. And sometimes it'll start. Sometimes I'll have to do that like three times. And it'll start. And I don't think it's the starter because it starts fine. It seems like a, a neutral safety switcher. So something's not recognizing the computer. So, so basically a, a, a no-crank, no-start situation when it's not starting. Right. The other thing that started happening about the same time is every now and then, again, I'll hit the brake and it won't go into gear. I'll have to release the brake and pump it like once or twice, and then it'll go into gear. The interlock's not recognizing. That could be all. Yeah, they could very well be related. Yes, yes. Because if it doesn't okay. know it's in neutral or park, it will not start, will not turn over. So, yes, the interlock right. system may have a problem. Okay. So then the question is, how does the shop find that if it's only intermittent? Could be would a, that put a code in there, the computer? There, well, what about um, any kind of data log? history um perhaps i doubt it because in that case it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier in this particular you, you were talking at break on a particular sensor on a rover and right. so on it's a similar situation here where if it's not working it's not recognizing anything is it saying wait a minute i can't start because you're you're in gear i can't start that's what it's thinking and no there's no okay, data recording so, of that right that would make sense so where is this interlock? I think switch? if it were me, I would just put an interlock switch in it, and that's if I were working on it, that's what I would do. That's where I would start. Okay, where's that located, John? Is that on the transmission? I think the that. Dash? And I can't remember on that one of yours. Is it a column shift or is it down on the console? Yes. No column shift. It's an eleven. It's probably down. I can't remember if that was on the transmission side itself or if it's underneath the column. And I apologize. I. I, I don't remember. Uh, that's fine. Okay. All right. And then... Uh, I can look it up real quick. Know, and if I, can look, if I look the part up real quick, I can tell you. I think it's under the column from the looks of it. Under the column. How much work is that to swap out? Uh, shouldn't be too bad. Okay. I'll, I'll, you know, I've come to the conclusion that you can pretty much find somebody doing every job on YouTube these days. <laughs> Yeah, that's that one. That true. one looks very. I mean, looking at the picture of the endorman, you know, Napa sells that part as well. That's a Dorman uh, part, which you know all right. the parts stores are gonna are gonna have, and your Napa store up there will have that. So that's not even something you got to go to the dealer on. Yeah, I'm guessing right. from looking at it, that's a pretty easy part to replace. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, you know, with I haven't done. I mean, I'll days, be honest. I don't know that I've ever replaced one of those personally, John. I don't know if I've ever had one that's that's gone bad, you know, personally. I mean, I'm sure well, there's other people out there listening that have, but I've never replaced one because I've never seen one go bad. They're just not that common to go bad. Yeah. Well, and I'm over 200,000 miles, so that's a lot of turns on the game. It is. And, and, again, yeah, the higher we get up in, in mileage, of course, that's, you know, going to happen, of course. The, the little things like that start going bad on us. All right. And then one quick question. What do you prefer? Cooper Discover ATs? Or BF Goodrich All-Terrain TA. They're so comfortable. Where I live. <laughs> the Coopers are going to be cheaper. 
Yeah. Okay, and they're they're so close that whatever's cheaper would be the better buy. Yeah, but you're you're probably not going to like what I tell you next. What? The Toyo Open Countries. Toyo Open Country. I'm getting I'm, I'm using those in my fleet, John, and I'm not exaggerating. I've got some guys that are literally getting 60, 70,000 miles out of a set of those, and I'm not exaggerating. I, that's personally in my fleet. Okay. Toyota. Toyo. Toyo. Toyo Open Countries. Toyo, open Countries. All, All terrains. And, my, and the only reason I say that is because the mileage that, you know, personally – we're getting not taking anything away from Cooper or all the other tires that are out there, but just me personally, that tire is getting. In some cases, I've got almost a hundred thousand miles out of a set of tires, which is unheard of in That's tires. Crazy, yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. Um, and Goodyear just uh, recently purchased Cooper. I did not hear that. Yeah, I was uh, in a Ratchet and Wrench article. I did not know that. I think they're announcing oh. a price increase uh, before September first again. So. Okay, there. So that's uh, good Cooper? news. That that's good to know as well. Yeah. Well, I'll do the research online and see which ones we get. And, the best and you deal know what, Jeff? Jeff is Jeff is correct. They just within a month ago uh, completed their acquisition of Cooper. So Jeff is correct. I just looked it up. Are they Are they still going to be made in America? Because I know Cooper was always made in America. Uh, that one, I, it, it's yeah. Typically, that's been in Akron, but I. I I don't know on that one. I have, yeah. I've not, I don't, I, this, Jeff just informed me of that, so I'll have to do some research. I don't know. All right, John, thanks for the info. Have a good weekend. You do the same, John. I appreciate it very much. And uh, Eric in Denver, you hang tight. Mark and Wiggins also. Guys, we'll be right back. One line open, 303-477-5600. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Kins and Leslie, distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we're going to talk about the driveline components in your car, specifically the fluids in the driveline components of your car. Manufacturer recommendations for maintenance on these fluids vary significantly according to the year, make, model, and most importantly, the driving conditions. Most manufacturers list severe driving conditions as mountain driving, stop-and-go traffic, cold weather driving, hot weather driving, or towing and hauling loads. By my count, I've experienced all of these conditions just this week. So, how do you know when to service the fluids in your transfer case or differential? Our recommendation is to replace any fluid before the fluid has reached a point of failure. For driveline components, we recommend a 30,000 mile interval with our gear oils and limited slip additives. Many gear oils will show significant signs of sheer breakdown and oxidation well in advance of 30,000 miles and should be serviced prior to the point of failure in order to protect your driveline components. So, to ensure that your mountain driver, toy hauler, or traffic sitter stays trouble-free and fun to drive, replace your gear oils with a high-quality gear oil every 30,000 miles and take full advantage of all the great outdoors of our wonderful state. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. Novus means innovate. And as the original inventor of windshield repair, Novus Autoglass continues to stay on the cutting edge of glass repair and replacement. Any vehicle with lane departure technology needs to be recalibrated after a windshield replacement. 
because of the cameras and sensors mounted to your windshield. All of those sensors need to be carefully realigned so your vehicle provides accurate positioning information. And each vehicle manufacturer is different. Most auto glass facilities, even the big names, do not have the right tools and equipment to calibrate your windshield. They can only replace the glass, not recalibrate the sensors. Because Novus Auto Glass constantly upgrades to keep pace with the changing industry, the majority of their locations now offer calibrations. Get your windshield replaced and the sensors recalibrated with the inventor of windshield repair. Find Novus Auto Glass now at klzradio.com forward slash glass. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. You trust the technician who lets you decide. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air will give you at least three options every time. You call an HVAC company because you want qualified advice, not a sales pitch. You don't know enough about air conditioning to fix or install a unit yourself, of course not. So you hire a professional to explain the situation more clearly. Then you decide between good, better, and best based on your budget. A temporary fix will buy you some time for now. A long-term solution will save you more money in the end. Only you can decide what makes the most sense for you right now. So the techs at Absolute Electrical Heating and Air promise to stay in their lane. They will always give you at least three alternatives, along with financing options, to make your home more comfortable on your timeline. Schedule an estimate now at AbsoluteFix.com and get only what you ask for. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Barber's Foods proudly sells what they feel is the best bratwurst in the nation. Their bratwurst comes from Tim Beeler's fourth-generation pig farm in Iowa, where Tim grows non-GMO-fed Duroc pork, raised without using gestation, crates, or antibiotics. Check out the 5-ounce French-cut loin chops, natural hot dogs, baby back ribs, breakfast sausage links, and garlic pepper bacon at barbersfoods.com. If you're looking for great beef, Barber's Foods carries grain-fed Colorado Angus beef in steaks and burgers and an assortment of Wagyu steaks from Dan Morgan's Wagyu Ranch. These all-natural, restaurant-quality steaks are some of the best you'll ever eat. You can pick up your order at the Denver Warehouse near the National Western Center, or Barber's Foods can drop them off to any Denver metro area address. Go to barbersfoods.com and thank you for supporting the Colorado native farm family that owns Barber's Foods. All right, here we go. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for listening to us, by the way. 
And lines are full, and I believe Eric is next. Eric, what's going on, sir? Hey, you guys. How's it going? Great We're, show. Thank you, Eric. Um, hey, you guys. I want to ask you a question. Uh, I have a 79 Pontiac Le Mans. It's a 231 V6. It has an air pump and air pollution stuff. Okay. And um, in the summer, when it's real hot, I asked you this about six weeks ago, but something happened. But anyway, in the summer, when it's real hot and I drive it and I park it, it acts like it's vapor-locked. It's not vapor-locked. You told me that it's flooding, and I think you're right because of the heat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, you told me, uh, gave me a suggestion as to how to start it, so I thought I was going to test this out. So on the real hot days, I would drive the car out, and I thought, well, I'll try to start it like I usually do, you mm-hmm. know. And I, the car, bam, I mean, it just started right up. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll uh, try it again. So I drove it around some more, heated it up, and it started right up. And basically, the car acts like I took it to the mechanic and it got fixed. <laughs> <laughs> osmosis. Osmosis fixed it, Eric. Yeah. So I was thinking and thinking and thinking. See, in the summer when it's like this, I hardly don't even drive it. Uh-huh. I know I'm going to get stranded, you know. Right. Um, so I kept thinking, what the hell would happen here, you know? So I thought last winter I put a new battery in it. The battery went out. It was nine years old. It was almost ten years old. Um, and when I took it to the O'Reilly's, the man said, well, this battery is a little bit too small for that car, you know. But anyway, I put a bigger battery in it, brand spanking new, and I was wondering, is it possible that that could have fixed it? I doubt it. You, you doubt it? Okay. Yeah, I doubt it. So a bigger battery may not have uh, no. caused it to fix once, it. Once it's, once it's, you know, running and then you shut it off and you go to restart it again, as long as it's cranking over, Eric, it, you know, at a decent at a decent RPM, no, no, no not going to have any issues there. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, anyway, it, it acts like it's like it's fixed now. It's hmm. it won't it won't do that anymore. Do, do you guys have any uh, uh, speculation as to you know what could have happened? Or? I have no clue. None. Temperature, maybe. I mean, I type of fuel you're buying. I don't know, Eric. I mean, there's a new there's a probably a few factors there, but honestly, top of my head, no, I don't have any idea. Okay. So do you think the fuel, possibly, if I put premium in it, do you think that might, uh, does it matter then? Or? It could sure change it, yes. Yeah, could change it. The only thing I could think of is if it's not driven off them often is if you had winter fuel in it and you drove it in the summer, that has a different vaporization true, rate. True, And then you finally refill it with proper summer gas. That could affect your starting. True. Well, what is the difference between the winter gas and the summer gas? Um, they oxygenate the winter fuel more than they do the summer fuel right? Which through one, different at, additives. Oh, you mean at the plant? Yes, at the, at the refinery. Oh, I see. Yes. Wow, that's crazy. Well, I'm still going to try to figure out what happened. I'm just curious, you know. But um, anyway, so you say premium might be better because sometimes I put regular in it, you know. Yes, premium would be better. Okay, you guys. Okay. okay, thanks a lot. Eric, no, thank you very much. I appreciate the phone call. Let's go to Mark and Wiggins. Mark, you're up. Hey, good morning. How are we doing, sir? 
Good. Uh, so I wanted to share a story before I ask my question. Sure. Uh, this last week, my wife's uh, 2019 uh, Subaru Ascent, uh, we took it into the dealer because it was making a sound that to me sounded like a uh, either a shock failing or some kind of loose uh, bolt or, or bushing. Anyway, so they, they had an opening, got it in there on Thursday, and they actually spent quite a bit of time, you know, going through it and finally let me know that what they found was a uh, the spring uh, for the uh, front suspension had failed or was coming loose and that there's a, uh, I guess it's called a tech, technical service bulletin to replace those parts with different parts to be able to fix those problems. <clears throat> So you guys were talking about warranties, and I think we're about three or four hundred miles away from the thirty-six thousand end of the warranty deal. But they said they're still going to cover it. Obviously, uh, my question is: is with with regards to recalls, you can go to a manufacturer's website, and usually you can find recall uh, information there by punching in your VIN number or mm -hmm. the I think it's like the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration website also. But my question is, is uh, should I be concerned as much with technical service bulletins as a recall? And generally I would or is say... Or one of those deals where don't worry about it until it's a problem and then ask the questions. Correct. So technical service bulletin is a bulletin the manufacturers come out to basically address um, things that have been seen over time that are n not necessarily safety related. Um, so, you know, like, let's just say um, you have a problem with a electric component for your window regulator in your door, right? And it's a bulletin that's come out because they see whether, it's, you know, maybe it's a pattern failure, right? And they'll send that bulletin out to the, the shops so that they, the shops can find that problem and address it, and they'll have some kind of updated design to go along with that technical service bulletin. A recall is a safety-related item that um, is will go out to all the vehicle owners, whether the vehicle's in warranty or not, typically, and um, is something that you're going to be called back to the dealer for because they recognize this is a safety item, um, and you may not even know you have a problem with your car. Um, so you get those bulletins, yep, bring it back in for the dealer. You have, you know, it's like the, uh, was it the um, airbag recalls that almost every manufacturer had a couple mm -hmm. of years ago. Right, sure. Um, and it doesn't expire. It's a safety recall. And, and real quick, by the way, I want to jump in along these lines because John from Shine just called in, and while I was going through the break and looking at some things, John and Shine, if you're still listening, I sent you a text message as well. There's actually a safety recall for that transmission shift interlock on that 2011 Ram which, again, Mark, in this case, as a recall, he gets that fixed for free at the dealer. He has to give his VIN number and so on. But, yeah, recalls are done free of charge no matter how long that vehicle is out there, how old it is, however many miles are on it. doesn't matter. It's a safety recall. They fix it free of charge no matter what. A TSB is a totally different ballgame. Mm -hmm. Got it. So then I guess uh, one more question would be, is that public information? Like, can I go to a website and yes. be able to pull that information up? Yes. On TSBs? Can, can uh, yeah, you, yeah. There's there's some websites out there for TSBs as well. We have all that information. 
you know, on our side of the fence in the automotive world, so you can always call one of our shops and ask if there's a TSB for a particular item. Here, here's the kicker to TSBs. Unlike recalls, where you just go to the NHTSA's website and then punch in your VIN number, it'll tell you how many open recalls are on your vehicle. You cannot do that on TSB. So even somebody with TSB info has to look up in particular, what is your symptom? What are we trying to fix? And is there a TSB for it? It's not like the recall end of it on that end. Oh, I see. Does that make sense? Got it. Perfect. Yes. Thanks, guys. Okay. You're very welcome, Mark. And by the way, great question, because there is a big difference between those two. While they both involve getting the vehicle fixed, one is completely under warranty. A TSB can be either or, or a combination of. And what I mean by that is sometimes a TSB is a warranty issue. Sometimes it's just, hey, here's a bulletin. Here's something we found that'll fix things. If you're a technician, use this. Car's back. Good to go but customer pays. So it can go either mm-hmm. or on that. It depends on what you're what you're doing, right? Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you, John. Are you aware of any limit on a recall? Because most, None. There is none. Well, what if the parts are no longer available? Well, in that case of the airbags, it's still under recall. They're still obligated to get it fixed, but there is no, how should I say this? There is no obligation on the part of the dealership or the manufacturer to source those parts any faster than what they're coming from the original equipment manufacturer that made said part. Does that make sense? So like Takata. Right. When Takata went broke and they went through all that process of trying to get airbags and so on, uh, literally some people waited a year or two to actually get their airbags replaced. And frankly, there wasn't anything anybody could do on the consumer level to get that pushed forward any faster, legally speaking. Nothing. You just had to wait. So what would happen if, if the airbag company folded completely? You still have a uh, the manufacturer still on the hook for that. Okay. So in the in the case of RAM, on this case of this interlock, right. RAM is still on the hook for that even though somebody else built the part. Okay. Now RAM's going back on said company, but when they're broke like Takata, right. yeah, in Takata's thing, it cost everybody money. Yeah. Literally. I mean that I'd have to go back and research this again. I did it at one point in time, but that Takata it was billions and billions of dollars across the board, and every manufacturer ate dollars on that when they went broke. Right. Everyone. Because yeah. yeah. everybody from Mercedes to BMW to Toyota to Kia used Takata airbags. Right. Literally, they were the largest supplier, probably 80 to 85% of, of airbags at that time were Takatas. So I'm, I'm just kind of wondering about the future of things like where, okay, in 100 years from now when, you know, X vehicles, a, a classic car and we do a our bar barn find in a hundred years and there's an open recall what happens <laughs> uh again that they're they're obligated now i don't know if there's a time limit of you know 20 years but i don't know like the like the grand cherokee gas tank you know recall thing that they did some of those vehicles were 20 years old when they did the recall and they still had to bring them in the dealer and they fixed them for free yeah so i i don't know i don't think there's any time limit on that now, getting right. parts might be a whole other issue. Oh, that's exactly so. what I'm yeah. kind of wondering. No, that's, just, that's a great question. Uh, Gene, you're on in Denver. You're up next. Hang tight. Don't go anywhere. we got a line open, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard to find part for an out of the ordinary car can be quite a time consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Gene in Denver, you are next. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, I say, I've talked to you before, John, about this car. It's a 2001 Buick Century 3.1 in it. Uh, it tends to stop uh, once every three to four weeks, just as you're driving. You, mm-hmm. It's usually within the first three to five miles. And then you can just put it in neutral, start it back up and keep going, mm-hmm. but it does not show the alternator oil light. So you don't know it stopped right. until you, the steering is hard. And uh, first thing you've asked, you had me check was the uh, negative connections throughout the battery or the vehicle. So, you know, chassis to battery to right. the frame and all that. I've done all that, owned it all out. Hey, did you, and I, I know we also talked ignition switch. Did you look at it by chance? I replaced it. Okay. You're still doing it? Still doing it. Okay. So we know that's not the case. And that was, again, that was one of those that goes back to the recall thing we were just talking about a little bit ago. Those had a huge recall back in the day as well. That's part of the reason why we thought that direction, too. Yeah, well, I'm kind of getting to the point of where I don't know what to do with this car. So, it's, you know, I don't want to sell it to anybody or give it to anybody because sure. it's, you know, it's a hazard. So I'm getting to the point I don't know where to go. So I've replaced about everything in that car. So I'm not sure where to go with Thoughts, it. Thoughts, Jeff, at all? Any? What's this? Oh, what year? Oh, one. Oh, one. Buick 01. Century. Three point eight liter. Three point one. Or sorry, three point one. I'm sorry, sorry. One three point one liter. Sixty degree V six. Which? Yeah. I mean. Uh, and I can't remember. Gene, refresh our memory of everything you've replaced, because I'm I'm sorry. I I try to remember all these, but I oh, don't off the top of my head. Uh. Map sensor. Uh. uh throttle position switch. Uh, fuel pump. Uh, ECM. Uh, gosh, I can't think of it all. Uh. 
the uh, uh, ICM coils. Uh, I'm trying to think all the things I've replaced. It's hard to remember. Uh, uh, just gone through about everything I can think of. The car runs absolutely perfect until, until then. this happens. And like I said, the weirdest thing is you don't know it's off until that until the steering goes bad because the alternator light and the oil light does not come on. And that's the scary part as well. <clears throat> the only thing I can think of, and I don't think it would exist in that era car, um, I've run across some weird issues with... Um, when the instrument packs a gateway module for some of the newer cars, but I, I don't think that's new enough to be even so remotely either. related. And you've already done the ECM. Uh, I don't, I'm kind of stumped too. Well, I guess I'm just going to have to junk it out or something. I mean, I don't mind driving it myself, but it is kind of scary sometimes. But it you is, know, is. The other thing to look at, just again, thinking outside the box here, would be making sure that we've got really good solid connection between the wiring harness coming out of the firewall that goes into the fuse box itself and making sure we don't have anything weird going on there so in other words you you basically take the fuse box apart clean all the connections make sure we don't have anything you know because again everything flows through that and if we've got a loose connection or anything that just you know creates a open it, you know in that particular in a particular circuit along those lines would cause that as well and again i'm, I'm grasping because I, right. I i don't know the vehicle that well i haven't done all the work on it you have but it's got to be something electrical that's saying hey shut off well and the fact that the alternator light's not coming on the oil right. pressure light's not coming on and that when you pull off when it stalls out and you pull off to the side i mean it that, that you can be letting it sit for you know a period of time and those lights still stay off correct Yes, they don't come on until you reset the, the ignition switch and start it up again. Yeah, I would I would definitely want to get looking at this, that circuit because there's some kind of indicator on there. I mean, you've identified that as a, as a commonality. I would go searching along those lines to see what how that would relate to the, um, or correlate with the ignition run circuit for the vehicle. Something's going on there. And again, that's where, again, really kind of just going back through, looking at each individual system and knowing the year, age of the vehicle, and I don't know the history of it, you do, but look, you know, act, and, and by the way, as a shop, most shops would, would even go through this process if it was in there of, of unconnecting un is what I'm trying to say, disconnecting the fuse block assembly and cleaning all the terminals, making sure we've got good connection, put some, you know, you know put back in there. Uh, you know the the coating that things need to have when you plug that back together again and, and you know each manufacturer has a kind of a different way of doing that but in this case you'd want to make sure everything's cleaned off put a little bit of dielectric grease back in there plug everything back together again and again just one of those things that you'd want to go through even as a shop so if you haven't done that that is an area to look at it's a pain but it would be something to look at yeah i can take it all apart and look at it again uh okay well that's where i'll go i just don't know what to do i mean it's got to be it, i mean to me and Jeff, again, can chime in. But to me, it's got to be something electrical. There just yeah. isn't anything else there that's going to cause that besides, you know, besides something electrical. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree with that one, too. Yeah, it seems really weird that it's, it's shortly after being started. It's not full cold. It's not full hot. It's through, like, a transitional period. Yeah. Um, that's definitely an unusual one. But, you know, keep, and again, if, if it's fuse box related, by the way, 
that is in an area where heat, you know, temperature does have a huge effect on the expansion and contraction of things in that area. And it could be that it's just in, you know, one little spot where it contracts and expands enough to where it just, you know, shuts things off momentarily. You get back in it. Things have changed at that point and away you go. The other thing, too, and this is very common on a lot of different vehicles, but, uh, you know, GM especially would be, Make sure that every one of your fuse contacts, the spades themselves, are closing in on the fuse itself correctly. Because what I've seen, even technicians, I've made this mistake myself as well. You take a test light, you're going across every fuse, and every fuse checks good. Well, that doesn't mean the fuse is making a connection on the opposite side terminal into the actual you know spring clips that it actually shoves into and what causes some of that is guys over time they put different accessories they put the the little uh, you know adapters underneath the, the fuses fuse it can sp- things, it, yeah, yeah. Can, the fuse buddies <laughs> will spread those spade clips apart some to where when you go to put that in it's not as tight as it could be those are all things gene that can cause some of these things to come up yeah well it's I've been around the car since it was new, so it's... I mean, I doubt that. Again, you doubt... But, you know, I, I've seen some of these, even when these vehicles were brand new, do what I just said. Really? Okay. Well, it's easy enough to check. I can do that, that's for sure. I mean, and again, what we're trying to get at is there is something in that start-run, I think even the the uh, instrument panel, uh, you know, circuitry, where something's something's getting an open and that's making everything shut off and then it'll with the right temperature or whatever's happening hold your mouth just right it's reconnecting and away you go i mean it's instantaneous it'll start right back up it doesn't take something something is just losing connection enough to where it's shutting itself off intermittent open and boom you got it that's exactly what's happening yeah and then again and that's where we went to you could also have an intermittent short to ground pulling the power out of a circuit that needs to be powered and that could be you know so it doesn't necessarily have to be open you can have a short to ground as well that's um that can cause that very short term where you're not popping a fuse you're not you know burning up wires um a lot of little things that can happen yeah i've seen batteries just shut off cars you know and start right back up you know like they have an internal short and they come right and they don't true anymore so i don't know true kind of a no, no, I, I, no, I think you're on the right track. And, and again, I, I wouldn't junk the car. I mean, I always hate to do that because everything out there is fixable. You just got to figure out. I mean, it's a mechanic, it's a mechanical item built by men. There's a way to fix it. You just got to figure out what it is. I, okay, I really appreciate your help, and I do appreciate your shows. Sure, no, Gene, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. All right, Gene, take care. All right, we've got more lines coming, and I'm going to put this one on hold. Uh, if you're on hold, I just put you there. Hang tight. Larry will answer your uh, your call here in just one second, get you screened up. We'll take you back here at the top of the hour. So, guys, don't go anywhere. we got another full hour coming your way. And as I said again earlier, please, if there's anything you're hearing here, something I don't ever mention enough, if you miss anything, we podcast every single show. Just go to drive-radio.com. Look there. You'll find our latest podcast. It's easy. You can bring them up and then re-listen to something that maybe you missed. On the same token, if you want to talk to somebody directly, all of our shops will talk to you guys. There's never an issue that way. Again, just go to drive-radio.com. Find a location near you. Click on it. Get the phone number. Give these guys a call, and they'd be happy to help you with whatever question you've got. So you don't have to just wait for a Saturday to ask these questions. These guys will help all week long. So we'll be right back. Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4 with me. we got another full hour coming your way. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. 
Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.